everyone. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. I am one of your co-hosts, Emily, who has seen this show, but not this season. And I'm making my sister view it anyway. I'm your other sister, Megan. And boy, howdy, I bet Emily is regretting some choices this week. No, I'm not. Well, maybe a little bit. (laughs) You literally said this episode was terrible. I did. I did say this episode was terrible. Um, I recently went and visited Megan in California. And one of the nights, we'd just been super, super busy. But Meg was like, hey, while we do some stuff, you know, here in the apartment, let's have this show on in the background. And we watched it. And then we had to go to a theme park. We had to. And it was a sad day at the theme park because we kept going, do you remember how terrible the episode was? It's so terrible. Ugh. Anyway, um, I should be cleaning my kitchen. I should be taking my dog on a walk. He's been so patient today. I've just been very, very busy. So I'll be taking him on a walk later today. But instead... But instead... We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast! There, I let you do it on the Roswell. Thank you. You're great. Oh my goodness. I can't believe we've been cursed with two bad things in a row, Megan. Two bad things? Because we watched this episode, and then we went and watched a play together. The play... Okay. I think this may be something you hate more than I hate, which is astounding because I think you just hung your hopes too high on the amount of Bucky content we were going to get. I guess I I came into it with a heart already embittered and was like, yeah, that tracks. And you went in with super quadruple high hopes and they were crushed. But Emily, what play did we go see? We went and saw Rogers the Musical. And like an idiot, I wore my Bucky Barn Mickey Mouse mini ears. And he's not even in the play. What are you talking about? He dates a girl. (laughs) And that's it. We hear his name two other times. Uh Uh-huh. And and he's played by a cardboard cutout in one scene. (laughs) And um, he comes back at the end as apparently... He's the person who's waiting at the end of the line. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I anyway. see Emily hated it for the lack of Bucky, and I hated it for the mischaracterization of Peggy. Yeah, Peggy could have been better. She was a strong female character. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Listen, I will say the acting in the play amazing the talent the singing the sets everything was great and we'll get into this on another feed at another time oh i'm going to take this opportunity to plug our first patreon uh we don't have one set up yet but when we do there will be multiple tiers and we have decided one of our patron exclusive feeds is going to be the marvel movies so if that is up your alley all of stay tuned all of them i'm so and maybe some special Megan's Agents lesson. of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. Yes. 
and the TV. We're basically, we're going to do the MCU. Uh, so Megan is getting that. We're, well, we're getting that all set up. Uh, but just to have something to anticipate and look forward to. I'm so excited about it. We should do Rogers the Musical. <laughs> we are going to. When we talk about, listen, when we talk about Hawkeye, mm-hmm. when it shows up at that episode of Hawkeye, we could talk about Rogers the Musical. Perfect. Anyways, back to Roswell. This is Roswell, Season 3, Episode 8, Behind the Music. And I don't know if you've picked up on the subtle clues we've been giving you in the past five minutes, but um, this was a miss for both of us. It was bad. (laughs) It slandered Maria's characterization to no end. She, instead of being this vibrant, emotionally smart competent character she's just the bland teenage character from any random bad teenager show (laughs) copper my love he's sitting here looking out the window um and he knows he's not supposed to be barking at people walking by just in front of our house that have every right to be there copper Anyway, my poor dog. I've been giving him a lot of slack because he's getting older. And a couple weeks ago, he he injured his front leg. And we had to go to the vet and get that all taken care of. And then a few weeks later, he did something and tweaked his copper and tweaked his back legs. So he's he's just been spoiled rotten the past few weeks. He's doing much, much, much better. All right, so this is Season 3, Episode 8, Behind the Music, and I'm going to give you the brief, brief overview. Maria has an old friend from childhood coming into town. They were at, like, a songwriter's camp when they were very, very young, it, preteen, teenager sort of a thing. It was band She's camp. so excited to see him. It yeah, was marching band, band camp. camp. <laughs> and Maria lies to make herself seem more cool. Mm-hmm. He shows up. He has had a my big fat Greek makeover going on where he's very handsome. And Michael is jealous slash worried slash not sure how he fits into this because, I mean, Maria has invited this kid over to have dinner with her and Michael. Like, she's introducing Michael as, you know, this is her significant other, that sort of a thing. Um, but this guy is just pushing all the boundaries. He is making a move on Maria without making a move on Maria. Michael's losing control of his powers. Which was cool and should have been dealt with more. Yeah. Uh, we've still got Mr. Evans trying to do conspiracy theories about his son. So stupid. And, and eventually yeah, his daughter. And eventually his daughter. Yeah, this is really interesting. Again, Meg, you'd put in the Discord where you were like, season one, you didn't love. Season two was getting you on board. And now season three, I think, is like... The worst. Burning bridges. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I don't want to keep saying, oh, it's on a new network. Oh, you have to give it a chance. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like, no, I what did, they did is I they... did my waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad just like harping on and on and on about this. But I'm super disappointed, too, because they took a previously established show... Brought it over to a new network. And I understand wanting to put your own spin on it, making it your own. But they have completely lost, I feel, the original audience for this. Because it feels like 
like they're trying to make it grungy on purpose and they're trying to make it dark and gritty on purpose and it's just not Roswell anymore. It's not. It and I'm is not about it. <sighs> Anyways, let's get into the nitty gritty. The, the, the neatest greatest, as they say. <laughs> no one says that. It's just me. It's just you. So Liz uh, and Max are have snuck into Mr. Evans's office and they're looking and getting a, a bird's eye view of all of the stuff on the board. Uh, do you want to talk about the camera angles, Megan? <laughs> No. Yes. So they've got extreme close-ups on the conspiracy board. That's that's Max's dad's conspiracy board. So we can read the different cards. Thing is, when they cut back to their actors, they're also doing extreme close-ups. So we're like super close on Max's eyes, super close on Liz's lips, incredibly close on this person's eyebrow. And it's like, it's it's clearly a stylistic thing. But every time the show tries to do something super stylistically distinct, it just sticks out quite poorly. And I don't like it. Especially because it wasn't even a running bit through the episode. It was just for this scene. Yeah, it seems like they try new things and then never go back to the, to the you know, anything that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but Liz is suggesting to Max that they let their dad in. And Max is like, absolutely not. Ugh. Max, why? 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 He's just determined to make everything hard for everyone else. He does. And I'm I'm just sad about this because this new Max is very reactive, very impulsive. And I feel like the previous Max really thought about things, I mean, minus towards the end of season two. But, I mean, he was more methodical. He was more, you know... He was just more. He he would, he would think lost, about the pros and the cons of this. He was much more muchier. He lost his muchness. He lost his muchness. And so here, anytime anyone tells him, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this, he always tells people no. I can't think of the last time he's like, that's a good idea. You know? Yeah. Which is, it does, it, it goes ahead and it brings tension to the scene, which is great. But... It also stymies everything and it makes him much more, in my opinion, the bad guy of never saying yes to anything and never agreeing to anything. And it's only his ideas that are good ideas. And that's not a fun character for me to watch. Okay, this is a very extreme example. Very extreme. And I'm going to feel silly that I can't remember the actual character's name but it's on the tv show er and there is a character that was so horrible i'm sure that's why they killed him off is because (laughs) nobody liked this doctor is he comes in he has all the power at one point he's very interested in dr river song i mean that's not her name that's who she played on um that's who she played on alex king's king king's alex king yeah that's who she played on on kingswell doctor who Kingswell? Kingsley? What's her last name? Listeners, write in. Tell us. Anyway, it's the kind of character where he finds her attractive. He says, hey, I want to date you. She goes, oh, I already have a boyfriend. And he goes, oh, he gets so offended that he like bombs her career sort of a sort of a character. He's just so awful and so mean. There are no redeeming qualities about this person. 
And I feel that's like where we're going with Max is Max went from the sweet kid from behind the tree who brought the love of his life back to life, you know, after she got shot by a bullet because he couldn't bear the thought of her not being around anymore to, I honestly think that if Liz got shot at this point in the show, Max would either, I don't think he would. I don't think think he would either. Twice about it. I think Michael or Isabel would have to go do it. And then Max would be mad that their secret almost got out. Not that the love of his life almost died. Like he just, it's not, it's not Max anymore. And I'm really sad about it. Well, anyways, but Max, because Max doesn't want to tell his family that Max doesn't want to tell his dad, which I again get. Um, he, he's obsessed with keeping everyone safe, uh, way, way too far, way too far left. Uh, and so he decides that the best way to keep everyone safe and to keep their secret safe is to gather all the alien artifacts that they have. The necklace that, uh, Isabel. This is so stupid. (laughs) This is... This is so stupid. This is worse than Liz writing in her alien diary. (laughs) All right, go for it, Megan. Tell us why. They put literally all of their evidence in one place, and they don't even destroy it. They just bury it. They don't transform it into something else. They don't lock it up someplace secure. They bury it in the middle of a field for anyone to find. And like, did we not learn from Grant, the geologist, finding bones in the middle of a field? The people look in the middle of fields in Roswell. Plus, they know that Max's dad is investigating them. And I said at the start of this scene, oh, man, they got to make sure they're not being followed or anything. And there was a private investigator taking pictures of them burying the stuff yeah we're i think we're gonna jump ahead a little bit to the max storyline but the dad is obsessed with finding the jeep and they eventually do in this listen you and i have been talking i'm sorry i'm so sorry to interrupt you but you and i have been talking about how why did they blow up the jeep they didn't have to and like maybe when they were leaving they were faking their deaths but no, they weren't faking their desks. They didn't put any bodies in the Jeep. They just blew the Jeep up for no reason. And now it's a huge problem, but not in like an interesting way. In a, we did something stupid and now it's coming back to bite us in the butt way. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, Max's dad has hired a private investigator to follow Max. Like what? His dad is so controlling. What does it matter? What's going? Okay, I guess. Okay, that's stupid. As a parent, you do want to know what's going on with your kids. But Max is an adult. They need to back off. They need to stop being so controlling about this. But like, this is just like, their dad is obsessive over finding out what happened. You know, like, like in a creepy, creepy way. Mm -hmm. The frustrating thing is, is that this feels like the dad is doing this because he feels so offended that Max isn't telling him what happens, what had happened to him. And, and it's definitely done in a way to elicit drama in the show. When there are other ways to elicit drama, this just feels so, like, out of left field for their parents. From the caring, wonderful people who took these orphans in out of the goodness of their hearts oh, and raised yeah. them. And they had such yep. a wonderful family. 
And now all of a sudden, like the dynamic has just swung so far on the pendulum scale that it's just weird. It's just weird. I agree wholeheartedly. But the other thing, the other thing is he follows the, the private investigator investigator has followed Max and Michael out to the desert where Max is making Michael dig the hole to bury the stuff in while Max just stands there and watches him. And also, this is, okay, this private investigator is not great. He's either not great or, or he's like, oh, I'm not doing anything without getting paid for it. Because he sees the boys doing something in the desert. He doesn't even go to investigate what the boys did. He's, he, is taking right. photos from a bad angle. He's like, I couldn't tell what they were doing. And he didn't go any closer to look at the spot where, listen, I know the car was, quote, in the way, but th- there's no way that, like, he couldn't tell Max, Michael was digging a hole. <laughs> it's very obvious when you dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel quick before the hyena comes. <laughs> And the thing is, they're burying all the alien artifacts. The necklace that they found at um, the author's house from season one. The healing stone that Michael has on him still. They just throw it in a pillowcase. And dig a hole and throw it in there. (laughs) They don't even go put it in the super magic special cave that only their own handprints could open. Right? They have a secure space to store things. They have a bat cave. They have a bat cave. Wherever the... Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Everyone in this episode is stupid and they're mad the whole time and it just... Ah! During all of this, Max decides to trick his dad into, like... Going fishing. Into, like, being like, everything's fine. Yeah. Tricks him into going fishing. Where they, they talk about, they're just like, oh, let's try and get back to, like, the good relationship that we used to have. But both of them are trying to find out information about the other one. And so the whole fishing trip is a lie. Where the dad's like, oh, what happened to the Jeep? Because he's like, oh, remember the Jeep? Remember when we bought it? And remember what a good time that was? And, oh, whatever happened to it? And I don't know if this was Max's Jeep. Or if the dad bought it and it was like the family Jeep that Max used. Because if it's the family Jeep that Max used and then Max quote unquote sold it to somebody. I Listen, his rich lawyer dad bought him a Jeep. And Max, (laughs) who we know has no concept of need or want, is like, oh, I'm not going to use this Jeep anymore. Might as well blow it up. Obviously didn't think through... This is just me being upset at how stupid it is to blow up a car. You have not let that go since season two. And I was right! <laughs> I um, was right! You were right. I'm not I'm not arguing that. I just think it's funny that that is like your hill to die on is how stupid this was. And I, I do agree with you. <sighs> Especially that they weren't faking their deaths. Like, what, what was the point of blowing up the Jeep? I think it was. It looked cool. That's that's all I'm saying. But Max makes up a story about selling it to some kid who was going to Cornell. And his dad's like, I really wish you would have talked to me about it first. And Max is like, anyways, their dad gets a call 
and it's been it's been a couple weeks since i've seen this so i may be i may be mixing some things up but his dad gets a call and it's like we're done here we're leaving and so they go back to shore and then i think what happens next is max gets a call from kyle who works at a mechanics place if you'll recall who says he's being called out to this very specific mile marker by mr evans oh yeah this mile marker happens to be the place where we shoved the jeep off the cliff and now mr evans knows that the he's found the jeep like it's just one more one more thing in max's life that doesn't make sense and doesn't add up to what has been said the sheriff is no help (laughs) i think last season the sheriff should have said something Mm -hmm. but he's not the sheriff anymore which i'm eternally frustrated about you 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 and me both pal so going on with the rest of the Max storyline is he's talking to Isabel. And I think Isabel is, uh, again, I believe Isabel says we should tell our parents. And Max says no. And Isabel's like, fine. So she goes to talk to their dad and basically, quote unquote, tells them the truth. Which is? Which is Max got test girl pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. And was afraid of what you'd say. True. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's a very convincing act. They they trick us, the audience, up until the last second that maybe Isabel will tell mom and dad what uh, what's actually going on. That they are aliens the way she's wanted to the whole show. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, it's revealed that this was Max's plan of what she should tell them and what she should say. And she's like, they bought it. They definitely bought it. And now the episode ends with Max's dad putting Isabel on the board of conspirators. Yep. Yep. Um, And she, the thing that surprised me is that they go into so much detail. It's, hey, Max got a girl pregnant, uh, so he might have a kid out there. That's why he's been acting so weird. I would have thought that she would have just said he had a pregnancy scare. Like, you know, he and this girl had a pregnancy scare and she left. But no, like Isabel goes in and tells them, nope, you have a grandkid out there. That's what's going on. And Jesse is immediately like, I'm so sorry. This must be so hard on you. And the dad's like, thank you for being so honest with me, Isabel, my favorite child. And then adds her to the board. And I'm just like, Why does he not believe Isabel? What in her behavior? Okay, that's stupid. I guess she's also been acting weird. His son Max would never, ever do something that bad. But no, I think it's because (laughs) he doesn't trust Isabel since the super fast wedding. I think he hasn't. I I was about to say that. I think that's exactly right. Because I was really mad at the end of it where I'm like, Isabel has done nothing to make you suspicious of her. Eh, she's done a little bit. Um, oh, but we got to talk about Isabel in this episode and how they've styled her. <laughs> so this girl is 18, right? And I think they want to make us forget that. She used to be hip. She used to be cool. She used to be like cheerleader leather jacket cool. And they yep. started soft curling her hair and putting her in dresses to look like a stereotypical 1950s sitcom housewife. Yeah, her hair it's is done exactly. Yeah, and the the other frustrating thing is, is that she has no 
how do I word this? She has Ambitions. autonomy. Well, yeah, yeah. Like she, she didn't have to do what Max told her or anything like that. But the way that she is acting is she is only doing what other people tell her to do. I have yet to see her. Um, I've yet to see her make a stand on her own. Uh, I mean, when it comes to not telling Jesse that they're aliens, she she wanted to, and everyone's like, no, don't do it. When it comes to, you know, wanting to tell her parents that they're aliens, they're like, no, you can't. You have to do this instead. Like, she is just the puppet right now for Max to interact with their parents to keep the parents happy enough to keep them from discovering their secret. Like... The parents in season three, I think, are going to freak out if they ever find out about the aliens. But I think the parents in season two would have been a little more understanding or they could have made it work somehow. But it's just so frustrating to see this ambitious, bright character just be reduced to you're the homemaker and you have to do what the men tell you to do. Yeah. And I think we've been mad the whole the whole show that she has to listen to Max. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. When she's always been the one who's been, like, good at keeping cover. And she's always been, like, the most capable one. Like, even the last episode where Max and Michael very obviously get caught trying to investigate Jesse. Like, Isabel did the, the subtlety. And she, like, already knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, we're all mad. We're all mad about about the slander of Isabel Evans. That's that's the way it goes. Okay, so we've covered that storyline. Now we're going to get into the Maria and Michael stuff. It was bad. I hated it. The end. <laughs> the end. All right. So, here we go. Maria is waiting for Billy to show up. Billy is the nerdy friend that she made at band camp all those years ago. He's going to be in town. uh, And she's invited him to stay at their house. And her mom's not going to mind because her mom's not going to find out because her mom is not there. I don't know where Sean is either. I think they've just written him off the show. And I am not happy about that because he grew on me. So cousin Sean is gone. And now it's uh, not boyfriend Billy who's in town and so michael is aware of this i was i was worried for a minute that they were going to try and do a shenanigan where maria is embarrassed or wants to keep billy a secret and then it becomes this huge huge secret from michael but no michael knows billy is coming they're going to have dinner together everything's going to be fine um because billy was this uh billy was this nerdy kid that maria felt sorry for and she's excited to see him again it's just been forever they've never you know they haven't seen each other in a long time well this handsome mansome man comes in who plays a serial of killer of course is billy in a different like, show like a serial killer. um of course it's billy and maria doesn't recognize him and she offers to get him a booth and everything and then she's like oh <gasps> Billy, oh my gosh, like you could, like, this is a very handsome boy. He's, he's dressed in the, you know, grungy sweatshirt and the backpack and the guitar carrying case. Like, you know, he's on his way to New York to make it big. And this is like his stopover. 
and he's excited to see Maria as well. He kind of sweeps her off her feet. And this is where we see Michael's jealousy come out because he begins to lose control of his powers in this episode due to his like rapidly fluctuating emotions. Mm -hmm. And he's behind the counter, you know, doing the fry cook thing where the eggs explode. All the eggs in the egg carton next to him explode as this is going on. Like multiple other things happen. Like I think he explodes a sugar container at one point that Liz is filling. Uh, Like he recognizes what's going on. And the thing is, what I appreciated about this, I'm trying to find the good in this episode, is that he's very open and honest about like, I don't know what's going on with my powers. I just don't. Instead of like, what? I don't know what your guys are talking about. Nothing's wrong. It's fine. You know. If Michael were to get bit by a zombie, I think he would be honest and tell people. Apparently not. Yes, he would. That was my whole point. I was drawing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> sorry, I thought you said, never mind. Now I've even forgot what I thought you said. Okay. Listeners, full transparency. I am multitasking because everything happens all, all at once. Everything is due in Megan's life right now, and we are working around All it, right. and she's being very awesome and, and doing that. So Some of your point one, one sentence or fewer. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Michael doesn't hide what's going on with his powers. He tells people that he's having a hard time, and I think that if he were to be bit by a zombie, he would tell people and not try and hide it. Agreed. So. Um, but they don't go all the way with... Okay. I think Michael should have hurt someone with his powers this episode. Not oh, Maria. That's right. But. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that wasn't even. Okay. So that was his concern is he would hurt Maria. And her concern mm-hmm. was, I just don't feel the same way I used to. <laughs> um, <laughs> that like. And I'm. I'm. What I don't want is this to be like, oh, this would be an abusive relationship if she stayed. Um, but right. it's. I wanted it to be something of like the danger's too much for me. I don't want the danger anymore. But mm-hmm. instead, she's like, maybe there's something besides you out there. I don't know what it is, but she's listen. Spoilers: she 100% makes plans to move in with David after graduation. Billy, Billy. what's his name? Billy. Billy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay, and we're we're just gonna jump into this. Um, Basically, what happens is uh, we're back to when Max is like, hey, Michael, I need you to do something for me. And Michael's like, I have plans with Maria and Billy Bob Thornton. And Max just goes, <laughs> cancel him. Like, like Max is is the prince. Max is the king who just doesn't have to worry about the fallout of anything because other people are going to take care of it. Um, and so Michael misses the dinner. Maria then cooks a fancier Italian meal for Billy. Uh, One thing happens after the other. Billy is just like, hey, you were so good at music writing and songwriting. And why aren't you following your passion? And he comes across as all innocent. Everyone knows exactly what's going on. This is the part I couldn't stand Maria in this episode. Because he's basically, Billy is basically like, you're so great at this and you're so amazing. And everyone's like, Maria, he's making a move on you. And she's like, no, he's not. He yes, really he just is, likes girl. me for my music. Mm. Anyways, um, 
he gets her to share some very deep emotional stuff. Like he's got Alex's guitar out and is playing the guitar and she freaks out on him and eventually is like, it was my friend. My friend died. I don't really know what I'm doing here. I'm still really sad about that, which I totally get. And I'm really glad they brought that up, though, like in this episode about Alex being gone and how that has got to affect Maria because she is a very emotional person and feels things on a very deep level. And so the fact that she is, I say, still so sad. I don't mean it like that. Of course, you're going to be sad that your friend has died. So I thought that part worked really, really well. But yeah, she and Michael just get into it. And Maria is so emotionally smart, but that's not here at all in this episode. Like at all. She ignores, she she just pretends like she doesn't know what Billy is doing. All of a sudden, she's, when she's just like, like, okay, I feel like she's told Liz in the past, like, oh, yeah, that boy is definitely doing this and this and this and this. Like, Maria mm-hmm. knows. Maria knows. Maria can read people really, really well. Um, but Billy has just come in and like thrown all of her plans for the future in the air and made her feel bad that she hasn't been songwriting. Like, like that's your dream, dude. You can't make this her dream. But he's kind of talked her into like, hey, you are going to do this and you're really, really good. And if you don't do this, you're wasting your energy and your talents. And so abandon everyone that you love and come run away with me and live with me and do this thing that is just a side hobby for you. No, it's her destiny. I think the writers just forgot. Go ahead. I was going to be like, it's not a side hobby. It's what she's always wanted to do. Remember when she auditioned to be a stripper in Vegas because her music dream is more important than anything and because... Michael didn't drop all of his plans 100% immediately to go with her to the audition she just found 20 minutes ago and that he was a horrible mm-hmm. boyfriend who didn't like believe in her and her dreams. Mhm. I do remember that. Well, guess that's the Maria we know and love. So Maria basically is like I've got to figure some stuff out, which makes sense. I got to go my you know. own way. <laughs> what about us? What about <laughs> everything we went through? I was really upset with the breakup. Like I've always found it funny because I never felt that she and Michael ever ever broke up before this. It was always like a not even a will they won't they it's just like well she's mad right now but they're not broken up she's always mad about something and michael's always making a mistake about something and ha 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 isn't this funny um but at the point where michael's powers are out of control due to his his emotions that are out of whack i feel like past maria would have been like great let's figure this out together you know this is a good thing you like understanding something's going on and you being aware of your emotions and i feel like a previous iteration of Maria would have taken the time to sit down with Michael to figure this out because she understands the importance of being emotionally balanced. She understands the importance of knowing yourself. And uh, I was just so frustrated where she's like, your emotions are all, are all over the place. So this is the perfect excuse for me to break up with you. Like, come on. Yep. It's just not fair that, like, she has asked Michael to change all the time. 
every time. Mm-hmm. Every time they're in a fight, she's like, you should know how I feel about this. You should know how I operate. You should know what it's like to be my boyfriend by now. And he has been bending over back. Okay, remember the Christmas storyline when I was so mad at her, I was just about ready to explode? Yep. All of the sacrifices in this relationship have been his. She has treated him as a lesser person than her the entire mm-hmm. show where she's like, catch up to my level, be what I want, change for me. And then as he's like earnestly trying to change, and even when he's expressing like, hey, I had a negative feeling about what you did, and I would like you to listen to me as we talk today, as I would like a safe, basically he's asking for safety in the relationship to explain how he feels without getting punished for it. And she's Mm -hmm. just like, this isn't what I want. And she leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know what she wants, and so she just goes off alone, on her own. And that's, like, a huge red flag, is, like, when people start pushing away their loved ones and their friends and their family to go to go be alone, to isolate themselves. Like, that's <laughs> you, a huge red flag. Like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, what's his face? Max. Yeah. You know, pushing yeah. away his loved ones and his family. Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. Exactly. And so the tone of this whole episode just felt very, like, what is it? The OC. It felt very 90210. It felt very soap opera drama. It didn't feel like the story meant anything. It was just like, hey, we're throwing in a bunch of random drama that the characters would not really do if they were their season two selves or anything like that. Like, the, even the way that it's shot is very, very different. Because I feel like in the previous seasons, we talked a lot about the cinematography and how beautiful it was. But this is just very, it's shot in a very, oh, there's a very specific word. Not cliche, maybe even cliche, but just, it looks like any other teen soap opera. It doesn't feel any different than that. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my gosh, season two was so good with like the the sci-fi versions and stuff was meaning things and people were like having emotional storylines as well as like exciting, exciting storylines. And this just feels like they've simplified it down so much that we're losing our characterization. We're losing our, the characters, the characteristics that make our, our characters who they are. And I'm so bummed about it. Is that it? Did we finish the whole episode? Can we stop now? <laughs> I think we Did Liz do anything of import during this episode? Or was she just like at the fringes of Max's story? She's at the fringes of Max's story. Uh, she's there when Michael explodes the sugar containers. Yeah. Uh, long story short, they get Billy to leave. But he's invited Marie to come with him. She says yes after she graduates high school. Well, she says yes, maybe. And then he starts giving her a hard time about not committing fully to the musician's lifestyle. I'm like, sir, can can she not graduate high school? Like, I mean, listen, this is coming from me, a very biased place. Not, I don't think school is for everybody. Just saying that. I'm saying in the context of this show, Maria needs to finish high school. Agreed. Anyways, man, just a hundred percent. We're on the same page about this. Yeah. Yeah. So again, my favorite part of the whole series 
one of my very, very, very favorite parts of the whole series is when Michael is standing out alone in the rain and Maria brings him into the house. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the Independence Day one yeah. where he's trying to gain independence. And they have grown so close as a couple. And Maria has brought so much to Michael's life. Ugh. Anyway, it they, just feels they like put that in the dramatic reenactment flashback of their relationship. Yeah, I think she's freaking out about something. And this is like a weird emotional response. Yeah, and I don't like it. And we can be done talking about it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me just rant about this for an hour. And thank you, listeners. <laughs> Gosh, I hope it gets better from here. I hope they turn it around and pull out all the stops for the finale. All right. Well, that wraps up Roswell Season 3, Episode 8, Behind the Music. Next week, we are going to talk about Roswell Season 3, Episode 9, Samuel Rising. What? Which, that feels like a supernatural title to me. It does. Okay. Do we know Maybe we'll get more ghosts. Ghosts are real in this Ghosts in are this real and vengeful. Ghosts are real. <laughs> okay, Samuel Rising. What would that possibly be? Do we know anybody named Samuel? Is I the don't producer's think we do. What was the producer's name? <laughs> is oh got, wait, sh- I take it back. Samuel is Max's son. Oh, she didn't give him Tess didn't give him a cool alien name like Larrick or anything like that. Just Samuel. <laughs> I think you're pronouncing it wrong. Uh, his name is Samuel. Okay, that's on me. Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're guessing, I'm guessing ghosts, and Megan is guessing this is uh, Max's son making, yep. a, making an appearance, making a comeback. So that's what we'll do. All right. Well, Megan, thank you for letting me make you view this. <laughs> I feel like I'm, we're in the same boat at this point. Good. We're going to keep going. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, we are. Hey, uh, so this was episode what? Episode eight. Eight out of 19? I think 18 or 19. We might only have 10 episodes left on this. Okay, I'll not wait for this. Especially because then I get to finally read Scholomance. <laughs> I'm so excited we did. We decided that is going to be my next, my next pick um, after this. And I know eventually we're going to do Roswell, New Mexico, but I think we will have to take a break after this, after season three of Roswell and get some distance. Yeah. And, and we'll we put it, we'll put it on this, we'll put it on this feed. Maybe we'll just do like oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. bonus episode or something. I love it. All right. Um, listeners, you are all amazing. We love you so much. We're so glad you're here. Uh, again, we're going to get more information out to you about the Patreon, about the different levels there are going to be. There's going to be a level where you can join the Discord. There's going to be a level where you can vote on the next thing that we review. Uh, we'll be giving you guys polls where you can you can vote on that. Uh, we'll have ones where you can ask us questions and we will answer them on the episodes. So we're really excited to get this started. Uh, and again, if if we understand that sometimes monetary uh, contributions are not possible, we totally get that. And if you can't, you know, sign up for the Patreon, totally fine. Uh, but if you do enjoy the show, one way that you can support us without spending any money is to go on and to rate and review us either on Apple iTunes is probably the most helpful for us, Apple iTunes or Spotify. Uh, that just helps us. 
uh, the more reviews that we have, the the more uh, the higher up we are in the rankings and more people see us, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone knows how that works. But just so you know, if again, you can't contribute to the Patreon, we totally get that. We, you know, if you could rate and review us, that is a free way to support the podcast that would help us so also, much. Tell a friend. Word of mouth Wednesdays. Word of mouth Wednesdays. Yeah, our new, just, yeah. Our new episodes come out Thursdays. So tell somebody about us on a Wednesday and then they'll have a new episode to listen to the next day. Yep. So we currently also have our Way of Kings podcast going where uh, we're we just about just to start actually, Oathbringer. Ah! We're just about to start Oathbringer. So we're reading uh, the Way of Kings. We have finished Way of Kings. Our last episode of Oathbringer goes up today. It is our longest episode to date. It is four freaking hours long. I don't know oh. how we sat and recorded something like that for four hours, but we did. So that's going up. We're, we are starting Oathbringer, um, and we're just going through that. We have a miscellaneous feed where we have done uh, the whole first season of Our Flag Means Death. Meg and I are currently recording One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, which is a book which will also go on the miscellaneous feed. And once we finish posting all of those, we are putting up The Guest, which is a Korean horror TV show. Uh, so that's on our miscellaneous feed. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. So those are all the things that you can have access to now for free. That's not going to change uh, when we do our Patreon. We're just always going to put these episodes up for free because we love we love doing it. And we love you guys. And we just it's fun to talk to you guys on our Discord. It's just been it's been so fun. So I guess. Did you say you guess? <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. I'm your youngest sister, Megalroy. <laughs> and I'm your oldest sister. Uh, but I am going to get back to, oh, you know what? My dog is actually sleeping now. So we might not do a W-A-L-K. I don't know why I'm spelling it. He's asleep. Um, it so will I'm wake gonna him up. Back. I'm going to get back to, <gasps> listen, I built a computer over the weekend and it is beautiful and it holds so many games on it and i've downloaded so many games and i think i'm just gonna go play stardew valley that's what i'm gonna go do nice do it Thank do it you, coward i i said i was gonna i don't believe you put your money where your <gasps> listeners <laughs> oh jeez Megan camille i got a playstation 5 <laughs> I finally got a PlayStation 5, <laughs> and it's been sitting unopened in a box in my living room for, Emily, when did you leave? Oh, it was last week. It okay. was like a week ago. It's been a full week. It got here Thursday, <laughs> and today is Wednesday, and because I've told myself, because I, I know once I crack open the box, I'll fall. I'll fall hard. I'll play Jedi Survivor and nothing else. Oh, and I have so to get jealous. my episode for work into the network, and I have to get a freelance animation thing in, and I said yes to another freelance thing. So when I finish my checklist of stuff, then I can play my PlayStation. <gasps> Will you stream it so that I can no. watch you do it? No, come on. I don't know how to do I that. Watch your, I want to watch your unboxing video. You just turn Discord on and point the phone at it. and That's, that's too hard. To do. Do you know, I'm going to need an assistant to figure out all that stuff for me. <laughs> hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? That's me. That is you. <laughs> okay. Listeners, you are wonderful. I just hope that you understand how much we love doing this and interacting with you. And we just... Mwah. We love you. 
Well, some of us do. Well, some of both me of us do loves you, Megan, <laughs> less than others. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your week. Have a fun time. Uh, glad you, you know, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And again, next week, uh, we'll be posting another uh, Stormlight Archive episode. So come and join us for that. And uh, Meg, in the meantime, I believe you can get all your work. I know you can get all your work done because I believe in you. Oh, I believe in you too. (gasps) Thank you. Okay. Ready. Ready. Break. Break.